The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of Vice. It's Wednesday, June 18th. I'm Sophie Casas. Today, we're diving into Trump's strange and disturbing press conference with Putin. Donald Trump loves to say America first. But when it comes to Russian interference in U.S. elections, that's not always the case. It's hard to know what to expect from Trump these days, but even by current standards, his press conference with Putin on Monday was truly bizarre. So I sat down with Vice Politics editor Harry Cheadle to have him help me sort through Trump's unprecedented statements in Helsinki. So just days after special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation indicted 12 Russians for conclusively meddling in the 2016 election, Trump met with Putin in Helsinki and actually denied that there was any Russian interference in the U.S. election. And as you say in your article, this is very bizarre, even by Trump standards. So take us through that meeting in Helsinki on Monday. Where were they meeting? For how long? Who was in the room with them or not? And what did people expect from this meeting? So Trump and Putin met by themselves for about two hours in Helsinki. And we don't know what they talked about. We know broadly what issues Russia and the U.S. might be concerned about, including nuclear proliferation, fighting terrorism. But what people are most focused on in the aftermath of the summit isn't the summit itself, but the press conference that was held after the summit. And that's where Trump made remarks that seemed to indicate he believed Putin over his own intelligence agencies. Um, And the intelligence agencies concluded that Russian hackers had helped uh, interfere in the election by hacking Democratic officials. And Trump seemed to indicate that he didn't believe the conclusions of the intelligence agencies. And the final question by the press was, who do you believe? And what was Trump's answer? Well, he kind of waffled a lot. He talked about Hillary Clinton's missing emails and the DNC server. And it was a very confusing, rambling, uh, Trumpish answer to the question. But he eventually came down on saying, well, on one hand, my intelligence people say this, but on the other hand, Putin denies it very forcefully. So who knows? And this was such a weak answer with Putin in the room with the world watching that it inspired a lot of outcry. And uh, by the way, the last question was actually to Putin. And it was, do you have any compromising material on Donald Trump? Ah, And what was his answer? He didn't say no exactly, but he did say that he didn't even know when Trump came to Moscow in 2013, which is when the compromising material was supposed to have been gathered But um, it was kind of a odd little coda to that press conference. It kind of seems like Trump is viewing this question of Russian accountability, which is so incredibly important, through the lens of basically defending 
his own legitimacy rather than addressing the whole democratic process being undermined. And how are we supposed to sit with this very strange, very unsettling information? There are a few elements to this, I think. The first is that Trump has always been friendly to Vladimir Putin in Russia and went on the record many times during the campaign about how he wishes the U.S. had better relations with Russia. And then, as you say, uh, there is Trump's inability to admit that anyone besides himself might have had anything to do with his winning the election. And then I think there's also an element that was, in Trump's mind, there's a merging of the idea that his campaign colluded with Russia and the idea that Russia was involved in hacking operations. And these are separate when you think about it for more than a second, that it's possible to imagine that the Trump campaign had nothing to do with the Russian hacking efforts, but the Russian hacking efforts were real and did benefit Trump. That conflation may mean that he doesn't want to be critical of Russia. And he may also view Putin as a friend in the sense that Putin helped him win. And so he doesn't want to throw Putin under the bus. That might be part of it. I think it is a mix of motivations, though. Can you talk a little bit about what Trump said in terms of blaming the U.S. and specifically the Mueller investigation for America's longstanding sort of untrusting or rocky relationship with Russia and where he placed the blame? Right. He said over and over again that he wants the U.S. to have better relations with Russia, and he identified the Mueller probe as an obstacle to those better relations. And on that, I think he's in agreement with Putin. The issue is that whatever Trump says, the Mueller probe is going to continue. And I mean, it just indicted a dozen Russian intelligence officers on Friday. So there's a conflict there. And I think whatever your view of the U.S.'s relationship with Russia, it's definitely suffered in part because of these Russian hacking efforts. And that's the problem that many people want Trump to identify, not not the investigation of those hacking efforts. What has the GOP's reaction been to Trump's meeting with Putin? A lot of prominent Republicans have really come out and harshly criticized Trump over this. Um, A lot of senators who have been critical of Trump before, like Jeff Flake and Ben Sass, John McCain, who is occasionally critical of Trump and also um, a Russia hawk, all these people have come out and called it in varying language a disgrace and shameful, and they've denounced it. Even Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, who are Republican leaders in Congress, have said, you know, Russia is not our friend. Russia should not be treated as a friend. There have been these moments when the GOP has condemned Trump, as they did with the grab them by the pussy tape, as they did with the Charlottesville rally. But every time the GOP sort of stops short of actually taking action that might check Trump. Um, In this case, I think uh, there could be legislation introduced that would protect the Mueller investigation um, by statute. They could also pass a law requiring Trump to disclose his taxes, which the public has still not seen. They could take action, and they haven't. And even the um, extremely forceful Trump critics in the Republican Party haven't been able to push the party as a whole into an anti-Trump stance. There are Republicans who are attempting to sort of save face by denouncing Trump, but it might be a case where there is more smoke than fire. So this brings me to possibly the central question of your article, which is, what is Trump getting out of this? 
Well, I think the worst case scenario that some people are throwing around these days is that Trump is actually a Russian asset, that the Russians have some sort of blackmail material on him and he's doing their bidding. Um, That seems to me still unlikely and a really like far-fetched cinematic explanation for everything. At least there's not hard evidence of it yet. The most benign explanation is that Trump is just sort of narcissistic and thinks that Putin is his friend and doesn't like people talking bad about his friends. And that's it. He's not inclined to, like, read U.S. intelligence briefings. He doesn't really trust the FBI. He doesn't trust the CIA, even though, you know, these agencies are in his control essentially now. I don't know if he has a carefully thought-out plan here. And I think the likelier explanation is he's just sort of acting out of impulse and um, making a lot of people mad, and then that in turn makes him not exactly inclined to back down, and he's going to continue this until we move on to the next thing. So should we be concerned about the midterm elections and elections moving forward? I think the worst-case scenario here that people are overlooking a little bit is that Trump's attitude sort of invites or encourages the Russians to try similar tactics in 2018 and 2020, and that they continue to undertake operations to affect the outcome of U.S. elections. I think that's a problem that people are not necessarily turning toward because they're so focused on what happened in 2016 and all of these sort of evolving and interconnected scandals and investigations that the real question of what are the Russians going to do in 2018 um, is not at the top of people's minds. This was a bizarre moment in Trump's presidency, but we should also remember that uh, Trump is less than halfway through his four years and it might get worse and weirder yet. All right. Well, thanks, Harry. Well, thank you, Sophie. To follow Harry's reporting as this topic evolves, go to vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And tune in again on Friday for another Vice Guide to Right Now.